What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back inside the UC Health Training Center for today's edition of Broncos Now. Team reporter and host Cindy Jones here. And coming up on today's episode, ESPN senior writer Jeff Legwald joins the show. He'll give insight and analysis surrounding the team and Sunday's win over the 49ers. Plus, we'll hear from a couple of players as we got their thoughts on Monday following the game. All that and more coming up. Here at the UC Health Training Center, the players had the day off. Therefore, there was no practice and no media press conferences. So for today's episode of Broncos Now, ESPN senior writer Jeff Legwald is here joining me inside the Broncos podcast studio to give his insight and thoughts on the team. Jeff, thanks so much for joining Broncos Now today. <laughs> Anytime. I'm I, ready to roll. I love it. I appreciate it. Well, let's dive right into it then. You know, the Broncos got their second win at home this weekend. Again, it wasn't the prettiest of wins. We saw the offense continue to struggle on Sunday for, you know, most of the game. You know, they couldn't find the end zone until the fourth quarter to take the lead, Jeff. Why do you think that they've been struggling so much? And what do you think really clicked on that scoring drive for them? Well, Sydney, I would say this is not a new phenomenon with new coaching staffs. The the unique part of this staff is over the years, I've seen a lot of people bring on a new staff. This is really has the most assistant coaches, I think, promoted into their current role for the first time, right. whether or not they were coaching at another level, whether or not they were coaching a position and going to coordinator. I think on the offensive side of the ball, it's more prevalent. So there's going to be a learning curve there, no matter how qualified you are for the job or how great you are going to be at the job. Yeah, And, you know, you don't have a – a presence of a of a Dom Capers on the defensive side of the ball or Bill Kolar on the defensive side of the ball. Virgil mm-hmm. uh, Evero is a first-time coordinator on defense, but he's been an assistant coach in the league for a very long time, and he's worked with, you know, almost a Mount Rushmore of coordinators, you know, Monty Kiffin, Vic Fangio, Dom Capers, yeah. Wade Phillips. I mean, that you don't have that other than Nathaniel. You don't have that kind of level of of – experience. So I think that's some of that. The quarterback's new. Russell Wilson's very used to doing something one way or the way he's done it for the past decade. So I think it's pretty common. Uh, You know, it's easy to forget now because it went so great after, but uh, the Peyton Manning Broncos were two and three uh, to start the 2012 season, including a uh, three interception performance in Atlanta. Yeah. That had everybody questioning if they shouldn't have kept Tim Tebow and all the rest of it. So common, expected, but concerning nonetheless because sure. it does take points to win the game. So I I think they can be thankful their defense is very, very good uh, right now. They can be thankful that they have not faced uh, an upper echelon offense yet. Right. Uh, but I think, again, not not unexpected that the growing pains would happen. Eventually, you'd like to see at least like one or two things get worked out at a time, like fewer penalties. Right, you know, which we what, saw. Well, they only had three offensive penalties in the game. One of those declined. I think they had seven offensive penalties in the first game, six offensive penalties in the second game. Right. So, okay, that improved. Now, you know, now red zone needs to happen and finishing drives need to happen. You know, you can't have 10 punts in a game. You're asking mm-hmm. – too much of a defense to do that. So uh, 
I think as long as there's some kind of incremental change week to week or even month to month, then people can feel good about it. If they get stuck sort of in neutral, then that's going to be an issue that their defense is going to have to try to overcome. What do you think's next for this offense this week then? You mentioned those baby steps getting better each week. What do you expect to see from them against the Raiders? Well, you know, I, I think in looking at how people have played the Raiders so far, uh, essentially it's if you can survive their pass rush, there are plays to be made yeah. down the field. And I would look for uh, this week especially, I would look for some big plays to the, to the tight end once or twice. That's been a spot where mm-hmm. – some opponents have had some good fortune against the Raiders, but you do have to survive their pass rush to and, and keep your quarterback, you know, clean to, to make it happen. But and I, I think is, you know, Sutton's already comfortable in the offense. He's already the go-to yeah. guy. But they, they've got to get Jerry Judy more involved. They've got to get KJ Hamler has really had yes. almost no role mm-hmm. at this point. So those two guys have to be a bigger component. And it will open up the field. Right now, you know, defenses are sort of ganging up on Cortland, Cortland. And taking their chances with the rest. Mm-hmm. They've got to force people to spread things spread out. Well, Jeff, I know you asked Coach Hackett on Monday, you know, just about the scrutiny he's been he's been under so early in his role here as a head coach, you know, just in terms of game management, game operations. I feel like we saw him take, you know, a step forward on Sunday in that regard. What did you like about his performance on Sunday? Well, I think the hardest thing for any of us to do in our jobs is to say we were wrong mm-hmm. or something needs to be fixed. I think any of us, uh, I think that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And, he, and he's done that in a, in a very high profile way. He has, right. he said, I need to fix this part of my uh, thinking. Mm-hmm. And he hired Jerry Rossberg, very respected coach. You know, if you can be special teams coordinator for John Harbaugh, a one of the best special teams coaches ever right. before he was Ravens coach, uh, then you've done something in your career. And a very respected coach, and I think it's a good addition. You know, uh, he he did this on the defensive side of the ball when he when he brought in Dom Capers, mm-hmm. and he he retained Bill Kolar in sort right. of an advisory role mm-hmm. this season. So this was something he thought about. He just didn't sort of do the next step, which is do it on the offensive side. So I think the fact he's done that is a very good sign. Doesn't mean he does. He sits around and thinks I'm not a good coach or I don't have confidence in what I'm doing. You know, that that story's still to be told. And, and I I've told people every first time head coach I've ever spoken to on this. This is my 35th season doing this job. Every first time head coach I've ever spoken to, has had the same issues Uh, because when they think about being a head coach, they say, well, I'm not going to micromanage my guys. Mm -hmm. And I want, I wanted my opinion to matter when I was a coordinator. So I'm going to listen to everybody and you almost get too much of a choir. Yeah. Too much information all at once. I like to say it's a democracy Monday through Saturday and on Sunday (laughs) Sunday it's a dictatorship. So, and that's. I like it. That's a good way to look at it. I think as he moves toward that, you'll see a lot of these things get ironed out. And some of it is just he and Russell Wilson have never been together on any team. And that's not a, I don't care. If Russell Wilson could have played 400 snaps in the preseason, it wouldn't fix this part of it. Yeah. So some of it's just time and you don't get time anymore. We, this, the NFL has always been huge, but the fact 
you know, review and scrutiny and, and critique is instantaneous Instant. now is, mm-hmm. is the difference. And you either can deal with that as a head coach and not let it make you crazy or you don't survive in the job. There, there's really no middle no ground way. there. Yeah. Coach Hackett, he's been doing a great job at that. But I, I think just the fact he's willing to stand out in public and say, yeah, I'm wrong. I didn't right. do that right. I, I did these things to fix it. So you can argue right. as long as you want that he shouldn't have made those mistakes in the first place or whatever. But, but the fact you're willing to, to say, I think all of us have moments in our jobs where we oh, have, to, have to do that. And if you're unwilling to do it, you're not going to be very good at your job. Yeah. Agreed. Well, Jeff, let's dive a little bit deeper in, into this defense. I know you touched on them a little earlier. They put up another dominant performance. I think they've only allowed one touchdown now in 10 quarters, I believe. No, they're allowing just 12 points a game. What do you think's working so well for that group? What's just clicking for them? Well, uh, I think Ajiro Everell was smart in that, in the things that would carry over from Vic Fangio's defense, he has, yes. he has let it carry over. Mm-hmm. But you see, I can see having covered uh, Wade Phillips a lot, especially, yeah. and I've talked to Wade a bunch about his defenses and what he thinks. I can see so many, and I've talked to Vic about his defenses. So you, you see so many elements of both guys. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I covered the Steelers when Dom Capers was the defensive coordinator there in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And I can see Dom's pressure packages. Wow. Mixed with Wade's yeah. and Vic's coverages. So it's really this pretty cool conglomeration cool. Yeah. of all these cool things I've seen over the years. And he keeps it, you know, you can be complicated and keep it simple. By that, I mean you can strategically make it challenging for an offense, mm-hmm. but not make it so hard that hard your guys players. can't handle it in real time. Yeah. he's he's So far, he's bridged that gap. They, they make quick decisions. Uh, they haven't had that many busts. I mean, the busts were early in the Seattle game. The two touchdowns right. are, are coverage breakdowns. And they adjusted quick after that's that. The, and that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. That, that's what you really need to look for if you want to see if players are responding to a coach. Mm-hmm. At halftime, they make the adjustments. They only give up 34 yards in the second half, right. minus 14, I think, in the fourth quarter of that mm-hmm. game. Uh, Sunday, they give up the touchdown. Uh, and there were a couple big plays on that drive, uh, I immediately see Edgerow go to the linebackers with the tablet. Yeah. And I see him point out a couple things after that drive. There was a lot less movement by the 40. So your the ability to make adjustments and to see what needs to happen, that's that's a sign of a, a group that's responding to the coaching. So mm-hmm. uh, they're going to give up more yardage because the quarterbacks coming on the schedule are you know Mahomes is Mahomes right. uh, Lamar Jackson's on the schedule you know they, there's some plenty you know just Herbert good quarterbacks coming up yeah you know, so they're going to give up some yardage but the the fact they respond and adjust gives them a chance to to do some things against against the good guy yeah definitely one guy I kind of want to highlight on this defense is Josie Joel we saw him back for the first time this season on Sunday first time we've seen him actually in a year um, due to some various injuries. I feel like we really felt his presence on the defense this Sunday. I just want to know, what do you like about his game and what do you think he really adds to this group? Josie's funny. I've talked to Josie a lot about this element is, you know, 
he, he was like the first three-time captain, I think, at Iowa. Mm-hmm. I think he had 300 tackle seasons. He was like one of the most productive players in college football uh, in a long time. And then he runs 4-8 at the combine, and everybody decides he can't play can't football play. anymore. Right. Uh, but he does it with anticipation and pre-snap recognition. Mm-hmm. He knows what's coming because he studies. And he's in, in the confines of the inside linebacker spot. He's, he's explosive, and he's a, he makes plays at or behind the line of scrimmage no matter what he ran the 40 in. Right. <laughs> so uh, that, that's always the sign of a, a ball player, mm-hmm. as it were. You know, that's a guy who just – it's game speed. That's the important part. And, yeah. But what he does really – and what they miss when he's not in the lineup is that 10 seconds before the snap when he makes sure the front is in the right spot – so any of that pre-snap shifting you see mm-hmm. really quick, maybe the the line moves over one gap, you know, because and the, or the he and Jonas Griffith do a hand signal yeah. and flip flop spots. A lot of that is Jewel making sure everybody's in the right, right. spot, mm-hmm. and it, then things are a little cleaner, and and that's that's really what he brings to it. But you look at yesterday, what do you have? Ten tackles, a forced mm-hmm. fumble, a fumble Back. recovery. A yeah. Side, I mean, that's Great game. Pretty much all you can do. Uh, right. <laughs> now, you, you know, he got matched up on Debo Samuel one time because the, the 49ers did a good job. They, you know, they, that's what you want to do mm-hmm. if you're the 49ers. You want to get the corner out of there and, and make the linebacker have to do that. Right. But when they keep him out of those situations, he, he can do what he does best, which is that, you know, seven, eight yards into the line of scrimmage, that, that area, is, that's his spot. Yeah, it was great to see him back on Sunday. Last one here for you, Jeff. You know, the Broncos are tied for first place in the AFC West with, you know, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Raiders. They all lost this weekend. How important do you think it is for this team to kind of ride this momentum, ride this energy moving forward, not only just to this Raiders game, but really for the next couple weeks? Well, the Broncos won't be back in the playoff conversation until they do two things. They have to get home field back. You know, they've had losing seasons at home, what, three of the last four years. Mm-hmm. You, you got to get home field back, and you got to do better in the division. I mean, they haven't beaten the Chiefs since 2015. So, so they've got it. That's when the true progress will be measured. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a faction of people that are like, until you beat the Chiefs, I don't want to hear we about it, yeah. your plans for the postseason or any of that. But you've right. got to do better in the division especially this year in the AFC. I, I consider every AFC game that every team plays this year a tiebreaker because down the road, AFC I think there will be a good. cluster of AFC teams yeah. that's going to come down to common opponents, conference records, so, right. and division games are, you know, double uh, in importance. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've, they've got to – and it, I think it would just show a maturity level to understand, you know, Manning was openly talking about the importance of division games at all times. It was not right. something they were afraid to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that will show a little progress as they mm-hmm. they sort of get that feeling back. Yeah. Well, hopefully this will spark a run for them. Yeah, Jeff, I really appreciate your time and your insight. Well, it was nice because this will probably be the last time you have me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> He'll decide that's it. <laughs> no. No, anytime. Oh, you were great. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. And center Lloyd Cushenberry and quarterback Pat Sertan spoke to the media as well on Monday.
Christian Berry reflected on Sunday's game and what he thought about the offense's performance. Plain and simple, we just got to execute. Uh, too many three and outs last night. Just not not uh, all 11 on the same page. We just got to execute. There's no, it's no, um, no secret remedy you know that we need. It's just we got to execute. We have all the pieces we got to put together and do our job on the field. Pat Sertan then detailed the defense's performance and what he thought about his individual game. All around, it was great. Um, getting back out there with the guys. Um, you know, the injury so far, I expected it to be day-to-day, -day, and I expected to play, and which happened. But defense all around, uh, flew around, uh, made plays, big-time plays and pivotal moments throughout the game. So, um, you know, that's the standard we hold ourselves to. And, you know, in big pontine games like that, that's what's needed um, from defense. So, Well, that'll do it for today's edition of Broncos Now. Broncos Country, thanks so much for tuning in today and every day. The team will be back at practice tomorrow, so make sure to meet me right back here on the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for another edition tomorrow evening.